15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Icheria and Trachonitis, and Licinius, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The word of the Lord. Well, happy second week of Advent. I think it's been a bit more difficult this year getting into the holiday spirit, but decorating the church together last week definitely did something for my soul. And I hope yours too, if you're able to join us or have just seen pictures of all the Christmas decorations going up. My nostalgic side has definitely been reminiscing on the last two Christmases I've been able to spend as part of this Mission Hills community. And as always, I can only express deep gratitude for the ways that we've continued to develop and grow together. This year's theme of abiding with in is something that I've been ruminating on for a while, this idea of abiding. You know, last year we talked about active hope, specifically how we hold hope and act upon it. We went through a series of questions. First, what are we waiting for? Then how are we waiting? Third, why are we waiting? And I introduced this idea of liminal joy, the joy that comes to us in the between, the hang of the balance of already and not yet. It is the joy that we experience in our day-to-day while also recognizing that our world is not yet as we would hope it to be. Um, I always say that we always hold hope, um, but sometimes what we hope for has to change. And so as we dive deeper into this week, I really want to get at the heart of what it means to remain or abide How do we hold both hope and pain at the same time? Why do we keep returning to this pattern of Advent? Um, My hope is to share just how sacred and important the work of remaining is. Now, this doesn't mean you have to show up to church every week or remain in bad places, um, but more so it is about abiding with the divine and one another, remaining human to one another, even in the midst of it all. So to set up some context around this passage, it opens up with setting the scene of the political climate at this time. Now this is not a new concept, we've talked about this in the past, but here it was a tense moment in Roman rule. We're introduced or reintroduced to Herod Antipas, uh, who would later kill John the Baptist. The land is dominated by Pilate and Caesar, Um, Herod, Philip, and Lysanias would have been considered more local aristocracy, and Annas and Caphias uh, would have been more the religious hierarchy as the high priest. 
And there's more to the story in terms of the political landscape, but on the whole, um, there's a significant amount of empire power present that is shaping the day-to-day condition and overall ability to be free of government-level oppression. All of this adds to the tension. And while these rulers maintained cultural and political power, it is true to divine nature that the truth in this passage not be revealed to them, but instead a man out in the wilderness, of all places and of all people. Uh, There's something so beautiful about connecting with something greater than yourself um, out in the most unconventional of places. The son of Zechariah received a word from the divine rather than the powerful leaders. And this is intensified, of course, by the association that Israel had with the wilderness. This is a place of wandering and of abandon. But here we find God reclaiming this space, turning it into one of connection and revealing. We talk a lot about reclaiming, whether that's space, words, or symbols that have sometimes been used in harmful spaces. And I see this as potentially giving light to that very work, um, as I think we see many times throughout the biblical text, this idea of turning something on its head. And to do that work well, though, we must acknowledge its reality. It is necessary to the process. In this, so is Advent. It is the darkness of the womb to Mary's labor pains, to the joy and fear of birth, to the experiences that would come. All of these moments are part of the journey. And just to dissect this idea of the wilderness and what it held, um, what it can now mean, um, we have to maintain some essence of the original form, or at least its kind of history for it to have its most powerful meaning. Um, During Love Feast, there were a few of us discussing various folks who have been associated with deconstruction, um, including a lot of those that we've discussed as a community. And we ended up on the topic of deconstructing violence. And Dak introduced us to the work of some folks who take guns and weapons, tools of destruction, and transform them into garden tools. Instead of war tools, they flipped it and called themselves raw tools. Um, And I'll add a link to their Instagram and have a picture uh, to show on Sunday, as it's pretty incredible what they do. Uh, The thing is, this meaning and the ability to make such a statement comes from the essence of the original form. It is way more subversive to transform a gun into a garden trowel than it is to take a normal combination of metal and wood to make that new form. Whether it is the idea of the wilderness or the pattern of Advent, it is more powerful in knowing what has come before and how it continues to be transformed. Now, this whole timeline thing, isn't necessarily the most important aspect as it talks about being in the 15th year of rule. Um, But it is interesting, I think, just to kind of invite the theological imagination. Um, Jesus and John the Baptist would have been around 30, 31 years old at this time. Um, The 15th year of Tiberius's rule was about 26 AD, uh, which would have been the same year that Jesus would later get baptized. And we kind of just get this image of John appearing in the wilderness. Um, 
so if we let our minds run, did John seek the wilderness? Did the divine nudge him there? In Mark, it just says he appeared in the wilderness. And with the intro that we get here, I think we see the political importance as, of John as well. Um, John the Baptist remaining true to his message, even in light of having to difficult or having to navigate a difficult political landscape and know that this message would have been turning people on their heads. Um, and I think that is the idea of remaining. That is kind of the idea of abiding. And Orion focused more on the within portion last week with the title of Hidden Within. And Advent does follow a particular pattern each year, which may be cumbersome to a few, um, but I find that in doing this particular pattern over and over again creates space for me to notice something new each time, often shaped by the life experiences we've had throughout the year. And I think I can confidently say that we are all in a very different space mentally, physically, spiritually this year than we were last year. So we explored what is continuing to be revealed in and through us. And sometimes it is difficult to remain. There are certain spaces that we should definitely not remain in, right? Um, But on the whole, I think life in its messy form becomes a series of adjusting and at the same time remaining true to ourselves and to the spaces we are calling home. And so perhaps that'll be one of the basic questions that we talk about on Sunday of what are we remaining or abiding with in this season? Um, I've been reading a book called Spirit and Trauma by Shelley Rambo, and in it she talks a great deal about this idea of remaining. The Greek word for abide or remain used here is menin. She particularly is discussing the event of Holy Saturday and how this creates a significant amount of space for us to understand God in relationship with trauma. And Shelley writes, Menin is a way of communicating a different kind of presence that will be required in the wake of Jesus' death. It is a presence that takes the form of bearing with, of enduring, and of persisting. It is an accompanying and attending presence that always carries with it the marks of suffering and death. Jesus introduces them to a series of new relationships, often referred to as mutual indwelling, in which divine presence is reconfigured. And she goes on to explore how life and death as a binary system cannot fully encapsulate our experiences when trauma is part of our history. There are certain deaths that coincide with a life that continues on. And I think that is particularly important for breaking open of our ideas of the divine and how even Jesus' story illustrates a God who is truly co-abiding with us. Whether it is in Mary's birth story or Jesus' death on the cross, um, these are particularly traumatic experiences. And in many ways, Advent is as much about preparing the way for the introduction to a baby as it is preparing in our own lives for an exploration of life, death, and resurrection. And my favorite emphasis that she places is on the role of the Spirit, or the breath of God, Ruach Elohim. And says, Ruach attests to a God who labors, 
who pants with creation to bring about something new, right? I think this is kind of at the heart of what we mean by remaining or abiding with, that this is a God who labors, who pants with us to bring about something new. And of course, there are slight differences between uh, the words of abiding and remaining. Abiding means to bear patiently, to endure without yielding, to wait for, to sojourn, um, to stay, to dwell with. Um, And to remain means to stay behind while others withdraw, to be left after others have been removed or destroyed. Um, And I use them slightly interchangeably because I think it is only with both of those words included that we get a whole idea of what it means to be present with one another, to be human to one another, um, and also for the divine to abide and remain with us. That there's something about having been here with us the whole time and continuing to remain with us, even in the face of fill in the blank. Um, And I think the idea of the art of remaining is very similar to what we talked about a few weeks ago, that gratitude is not about being thankful for everything, but thankful in spite of everything. In the same way, the idea is not that we remain for everything, especially naming situations of trauma and abuse, but we have made a conscious decision to stay in community, to stay in pursuit of doubt, of questions, of particular answers, in spite of everything. Um, So it is not necessarily about remaining in a particularly physical space so much as it is attending to one another, of being tender uh, to one another and to ourselves. And this kind of remaining does not require that we have all or really any answers. In fact, I think it returns us to a space of wonder. I think of the moment when you're taking something in for the first time, whether it's a beautiful view, a performance, something else that comes to mind, there's an ability to take it all in without any particular expectations, but you're merely along for the journey. Um, And because I'm an avid hiker, I tend to use my experiences out in the wilderness a lot, um, especially exploring the person of John the Baptist. For me, a good hike has a certain amount of pain involved. Um, Hopefully it's not excruciating, but there is a certain invitation to the pain or work that I'm putting my body through. Uh, For me, my mind begins to clear as my muscles begin to move and stretch. There's a clarity that comes in the mountains and in the wilderness that I've been unable to recreate anywhere else. Um, And so in that idea of either finding that mental or physical space, um, we become more attentive I think we become more attuned with wonder um, and curiosity about potential um, to move, stretch, yearn, grieve with um, our own experiences. And we do this because we find that we, we ourselves cannot disconnect us from what we have been through. Whether we look at the past couple of years or difficult experiences we've had in the past, We have to emphasize transformation rather than trying to rid ourselves of these past experiences. Um, We're coming to this year changed, and unfortunately, that does not always feel 
like a gift. Um, we've been through a storm on steroids, so to speak. And Rambo talks about the storm as the always here. It is the always here. No life after the storm is conceived apart from the storm. There's no access to life as it was before the storm. Instead, the storm is always present. The always here makes it impossible to see life and death in any straightforward relationship. Life and death are inextricably linked. The push to move beyond the event to a new and pure place is not just a misconception about traumatic survival. It is a dangerous move that threatens to lead the realities of traumatic suffering. Um, I know I've really honed in on that line of uh, trauma and um, I apologize. I think my subconscious has been really just in the midst of my thesis at this point. Um, But I think it's true. I think we can't just try to sanitize the experience of Advent, wrap it all up with a nice bow and say, hey, this was, you know, just perfectly clean of an experience. Um, That's why I love the idea uh, that we're going through honest Advent. We have to bring to mind these images of a painful birth. We have to bring to mind images of pain, of worry, of stress even. Um, I'm trying to imagine just Mary's journey, uh, trying to take care of the basics of a baby's health in the midst of the entire context. Um, we We can't clean this up, and we shouldn't, because I think the more that we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and allow ourselves to acknowledge our fragility, it is at that point that we can truly enter into authentic relationship with ourselves, with others, and with the divine. Um, I think there is beauty in the tenderness that we receive uh, when we can be fully honest about not having everything all together. Um, You know, we're surrounded by lights, perfect wrapping of presents, um, you know, trying to also make up for a year that has has been anything but perfect. Um, in in the span of a single holiday. Um, and it just will always fall, fall short. Um, I really appreciated uh, this idea of uh, within Advis, Honest Advent, that Advent is this subversive time of returning to the darkness of the womb in order to discover what lies at the very core of who we are as people. In the darkness, we meet a kind of silence where we can actually hear ourselves. And if we have courage to dwell in the sacred, dark, and silent place, we might just be able to prepare ourselves for the light, which will come when we move beyond the words. We are attempting to move past a lot of things. um, And sometimes we just need space to break open. We have a God who co-labors and co-abides with us. And we have so many experiences that fall outside of this linear narrative of life, death, and resurrection. Advent trying to pay most attention to the first. And our work is remaining with, co-abiding with one another through it all. It is honestly not very often that everything adds up or makes sense. The idea of remaining is less about understanding how, why, when, where, and more about being available for where the breath of God may invite us to. 
Maybe this is why we return to Advent. We are abiding and remaining true, available for something new to be revealed even when we have felt something be destroyed. We remain available and attentive to the ritual, sticking around to see what new may come in transformation, even as the storm is now part of us. So we will turn our our thoughts, turn our conversation towards this idea of how how does God abide with us? Um, What is this idea around abiding within? Um, How can we kind of palpate it a little bit and and see what comes from our collective wisdom? Um, So as always, I'm super excited for the conversation to see where it goes um, and to see you all in community. I can't tell you what a gift it felt um, like to be part of such a, a good, uh, loud, wonderful group um, on Love Feast and just seeing the beauty of how our community has moved throughout the years. Um, so as always, we'll close with may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Amen. Amen.